Hallelujah. 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 Now when you talk of the awesomeness of God and you actually understand what it means, that understanding propels you to certain realms of appreciation that God is awesome. He has gone beyond the language of men. He has gone beyond the understanding of men. He has gone beyond description. Because we don't have sufficient language, the right one to describe him, we say he's awesome. That when you come before him, you are gripped by the awe that he exudes. When we come to understand that God is awesome, we'll be very careful in the way we do things. He is so awesome that he assesses every dimension of your life without permission. And that nothing can be hidden from him. So when you say God is awesome, the next thing that I should expect from you is an awesome submission to the awesomeness of this great God. Total, untainted, unalloyed submission to this God. Now when you appear in his presence, nobody tells you to be cool. Why? You lose your worth and you take on his worth. So you begin to operate in dimensions beyond your ability. So you become an awe to yourself. Because whatever you are doing is by him and not by you. You can't even understand what you are doing. I, I, I felt I should comment on that statement. Our God is awesome. I had a father... In Nigeria, he used to call all our. And um, anytime you call our, the thing will confuse me. So one, one day I asked him, Why do you call it our? He said, It's not even strange to you that there's a word to describe how God is. What the question you asked me? But uh, you, you, inter. My father in the Lord. The man that God used to raise me in the verity of the word of God and the awesomeness of God. Hallelujah. There's a dimension of God you hate and you cannot recover from it. Even when you don't want to behave that way, has become part of your being. It's like sevum, your blood, your entire being is saturated with that attribute of God. You may have challenges, but that element will never depart from you. Because he does not leave us. We leave him. He is awesome. We can't describe him. Full of glory full of glory. 
when Isaiah made so much noise, he was bragging on the strength of his prophetic calling. And he was passing judgments everywhere. The great prophet Isaiah, when he got, he appeared before God. <laughs> you, you saw how he screamed. Nobody told him, Isaiah, you are, you, you are not complete. You are not perfect. He is the one that told God, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I like reading that chapter of Isaiah. It's good to find yourself in that awesome dimensions of God. If you examine your life properly. If you heard what he told me one day, I've said it in church here before. He told me I had not done anything for him. If God tells you that kind of thing, where will you stand? He said, you have not done anything for me. I looked at him and I said, what kind of statement is that? If not because you are God, I would have said you are a liar. It's not the same as saying he's a liar. I couldn't understand. I thought I was doing great things in the kingdom. Serving, sweeping, carrying things, visiting people. And he said, you have not done anything for me. I wept and wept and wept. I didn't understand what God was saying. Now, when you come to that dimension, you fall short. You fall what? Short. And that keeps you on the path of advancement. You will never get to a point where you feel that you are you're okay. Please, when you get to that point, call us. Let us stand in prayer with you. Well, you are about to die. Uh, did you hear what I said? Any day you come to the point of thinking that you are okay. I have done so much. I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. When you get to that point, we are available. Just call us. Call me and tell me, I feel that I'm okay now. So that I can stand and tell you, you are not okay. And pray against that spirit of death. Uh, because it wants to kill you. Amen. You are not okay in that respect as if you have accomplished everything that you called to do. You will never finish it. Nobody ever finishes the vision. It's just a part of the vision that you completely say, it's okay, come home. And you go. Well, every vision is anchored into the vision of Christ and then anchored into the general vision of God himself that the creation should enjoy the fullness of liberties and that the, the creation should become a praise unto him. You will never finish it. Never. But there may be a particular thing he says, do this one. You will finish it. You may finish it. So friends, there is no leave. In our Christian worship and service, there is no leave, there is no break, there is nothing like I want to rest a little. There's no rest. Because the work itself is not, it's not, oh, it's not what? It's not, oh, it's not grievous. <laughs> First John chapter 2, eh? It's, it's not grievous. So you cannot say that I want to rest. Who told you you are under task? Those who are tasking themselves are the ones who have taken over the work of God and they are doing it. Hello? 
Uh -huh. Let him do his work. And then you enjoy his rest and his peace. Yes, always check and see where you are standing. If where you are standing is in the right place to stand, adjust yourself. Don't let anybody come and tell you. You will know it yourself. Hallelujah. Now if I ask you to do an exercise for me, to your left and to your right, before you and after you, who are the people standing with you? Examine yourself. Front, back, sides. Who are your companions? Who are the people standing with you as you are standing here now? Don't talk about your wife. She's not the one I'm talking about. Don't talk of Pastor David. And you don't talk of Stanley. Who are the people standing with you? Who are the ones bearing testimony of you before God? Those are the people I want you to examine and see. Their caliber and what they stand for. It's okay. Next time when you, you come here, explain what I've said. <laughs> Glory to God. If you understand the name Yahweh, I am that I am and what I am and who I am. I am. I'd like you to do a quick work for your life, for yourself. Sit down. I've seen the names of Jesus in diverse forms, on tables and things like that. I want you to do an examination of the revelation dimension of God himself, what he says about himself. And then sit down on these ones, make them your meditating point, day after day, as until you finish. But you will discover you will not finish yet. Because he keeps on revealing himself in his word at different points. What is said about him in the Old Testament, what is said about him in the New Testament, what is said about Christ, the express image of God, and what is said about the Holy Ghost from the very Genesis to the end of Revelation, what is said about his cities and his habitations, what his abilities are. Now, these are things that you need to examine to understand who Yahweh is. Isaiah chapter 60, chapter 60, and verse 11. Isaiah 60 and verse 11. Therefore, your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night. That men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. Therefore, thy gates shall be open. How did he come to this? Who are these that fly as a cloud and as doves to their windows? Surely the isles shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from, afar, from far, their silver and their gold with them unto the name of the Lord thy God and to the Holy One of Israel because he 
has glorified thee. So first the glorification that comes upon a people, a people as we are, an assembly, <clears throat> and then as individuals, when God's glory comes upon us, it carries a message, and that message must be seen. Now, now look at what follows then. We talked about these things yesterday, so I'm just linking it up to make 11 meaningful. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, by my favor I have had mercy on thee. Therefore, in order to ensure that these blessings will not be truncated or be for a short moment, I want to show you why my blessings as God's blessing won't be in the same quantum as what men can do for you. He said, your gates shall be open continually. They come through the gates with what they carry. When you are going to bed, you lock your gates. When you are leaving the house, you lock your gates. So naturally, there are certain visitations that you may miss. Visitations that have to do with the diversified streams of God's blessings that you may miss. But it says, your gates shall be open. He does the opening and sustains the opening. Your gates shall be opening. The inlets shall always be open. Continually. So there is a ceaseless flow of God's financial blessings coming your way, whether people like it or not. Hallelujah. I remember we were somewhere building, and one night, about 2 a.m., somebody came knocking on the door. A door of the mission house, if you like. When I asked who is there, said it is me, called his name. I have to go to Lagos now. And there's money I kept for the building. I want you to receive before I go. Odd time. Unexpected time. The person came and dropped 1,000 naira. At that time, it was huge money. At that time, 1993, it was huge money. 1,000 naira at that time. So as soon as darkness gave way when light appeared, we went to the site and we could buy a lot of things to continue with the work. And I saw that even though we were few, because of his glory that was upon us, the gates were opened. And I remember that time we used these scriptures, Isaiah 60, almost every day. And we saw the fruits of it. Those were some prophetic dimensions. And people were bringing money upon monies. You will be wondering how it happened. Until one day I went to my house. I've told you before. On the 8th of May. 1994, something will be looking for a set of drums. They, when I got to the house, the whole place was scattered. 
with the membership of drums. The money that we had as a church could not have bought us that at that time. Your pastor knows our number at least that time. And mommy does. Very few. But when the glory of God is at work, your, your, your natural strength is not required again. And that is why you must not look at yourself and look at your resources. You must look at this God, this awesome God, is the one you should look at. And that's how money kept on coming. The gates were continually open. Continually open. And day after day, people were bringing money that they could, and people were bringing things to us. They were not from our church. They were from other places. They kept on bringing things to us. There was an embargo on mission stations from the headquarters. It wasn't, they were not allowed to assist any station. But when his glory began to show on us, that embargo was suspended for our assembly. So much so, January 93, I was to go on transfer to Lagos to the headquarters, I went there, Oga asked me, what is it that you want to have for those people? I said, land. For that place, land is a bit difficult to get. That city, we need land. So how much will it cost? Now we saw one land, about three plots, and this, how much? He says, okay, we will buy. We will do what? We will buy. I want to show you what God will do these are things that happened. We are testifying to this glorious God. The next morning, he called me and he said, uh, for sure, I said, sir, he said, let me beg you for something. I said, don't ever beg me, sir. Tell me what you want me to do. He said, I want you to go back to your station. How long will it take for you to buy the land, put up a structure, and move the people in and come back? I said, three months. He said, go back. Then he gave me the entire money with an excess and said, start moving now. I got to my station. I called the overseer and I was telling him it wasn't the days of this mobile phone thing. I was talking from uh, one booth somewhere. And I, I, I told him, I want to let you know, sir, that um, I have money for the land that we saw. He said, what are you saying? I said, sir, I have the money. Said, Don't you know? That was for my, my, my ogre. Don't you know that there's an embargo? I said, I know it now, but I have been given the money. Who gave you money? I said, the bishop. He said, for Sue? I said, sir, are you all right? I said, I'm okay, sir. Where is the money? It is in my pocket as I'm talking with you now. For Sue? <laughs> When your gates are open continually, the inflow does not see the stop sign. It must always flow in. So he took his time and then called back. What were you saying? I said, I have the money on me. Who gave it to you? I said, the head bishop now. How did it happen? <laughs> 
He said, for you, a very dangerous man. I said, I'm not. He said, God is doing his work. That's all. Now, as if that was not enough, we finished and we couldn't get a portion of the building roofed. One day, I don't know whether to call it wickedness or bad boyism, sprang up on my inside. We got to the church and I said, oh, they should move the altar, the pulpit, to the open space there. My associate, he said that when he saw, he heard that command, he said, this man will do something wicked today. You know why? When there is the order of God for things to be done, when he said it's time to expand, you make sure you expand without looking at limitations. So I said, the choir, you will remain on this side, but all the elders, the leaders of the church move to the sun. And I lifted my hands, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we need intense heat today. And some of them had bald head, heavy bald head. And the heat was just terrible. And it was as if they were not there. I didn't care about who was there. I was just preaching. I'm preaching. When I was okay with what I was saying, and I said, let's rise up. Let's ask the Lord to roof this place. Oh, come and hear prayer. Oh, my God. You know, when people are touched, they know how to pray. They prayed. When we finished, I called uh, our service station, Abuja. I called them. I said, we need money to buy roofing sheet for this part of our building. Bishop Bolu said, you know it's not possible. I said, no, sir. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He said, there's no money. I said, there's money. He said, for you be careful. I said, there's, there's money. When I was done with him, I called Bishop Abiyo. I said, Bishop Bolu said, you need to authorize him to give us money. So he sent a message to him. Please release money for local judge to roof there. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sharing this one with you because God does not change. Yeah. Amen. And then the bishop called me. He said, what did you tell Bishop Abi? I said, that it should help you to be able to release money for us. They brought money. Not finished though. The money they brought the landlord, his house was next to the building. We are taking that house. And he was into that business of all these nails and the zinc and the rest of them. So I called and I said, uh, are you going to the east? He said, yes, I want you to buy some things for us. He said, I'll buy at the wholesale cost. I said, okay. And then I said, then you will carry it along with your items. And therefore pay. He said, okay. So that's how he went and bought these things and brought them. We had excess of money to do something else. It's a multiple dimension of divine grace and releases. When that one visits you in your home, you'll be amazed at the things that God is doing. He says, your gates shall continually I can keep on telling you many of these things that happen. 
The Kumasi church were buying land. We needed to move from where we were. And we, we, all we had was uh, 500, no, very small. We needed 500 CDs at that time, 1999, to top. I was there, Bishop George, here. He was in Accra at that time before he left to be consecrated as bishop. And he said, Osafo, yes, sir. Me beko, me say akonoha. Let say, yes, sir. Nanka me see me for our country, I say, as I say, I got to know, what do you know, my? Oh, see, can my? And we'll be quite here now, am I ready? I say, yes, I'm 500. No, I be too so. And no, send it You as simple as ABC. There is nothing this God cannot do. Yes. The gates of this ministry keep on open. Amen. It shall be open continually Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. It means there will be a constant flow of the blessings of God coming our way. What I'm seeing already is so amazing. So amazing. But it's something I've seen before. There was a time the attendance in Winners Chapel, Ghana here fell so sharply. But the income was increasing. When I received the report, I went to the bishop. I said, something is happening here. We are the ones who, who are not allowing God to bless the church. We are always counting people. Instead of counting him, we are counting people. <laughs> he said, you have come again. I said, you, if your number is going down and your income is rising, your strength is not in the numbers. God wants to show himself strong. So we can depend on him. What made God to be angry with, uh, with Israel? When they counted people. As far as he was concerned, they were trying to depend on their strength. And he said, well, don't do that with me here. So while we serve him and expect a boom of people, our strength is not in the number that comes in. If you have 1,000 unwilling people, on what? Unwilling people, 1,000 rich but unwilling people. Poverty will become your neighbor. In fact, become your bed. When you sleep, you're in poverty. But when you have 200 willing people, they may not be rich, but they have the strong desire for God to use them. God will do exploits with these 200 people. So the factor that makes things happen is God himself. So when we talk of enlargement here, we are not with all respect to everybody. We are not depending on people per se. But all of us are willing to release ourselves so that God can make us a blessing. Hallelujah. And your gates shall open continually. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But there's something that Apostle Paul said in um, First 
Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, scripture that we know very well. Now let me pick it from 5. Let's go from 5. Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I'm passing through Macedonia. You like that expression? I'll come to you when I pass through Macedonia. The first one is uncertainty. When will he? For I'm passing through Macedonia. When I visit you, and I'm visiting you, God does not work in the future. He works with the now. Go ahead. And it may be that I will remain and even spend the winter with you that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. Do you understand that grammar? That you may send me on my journey. What's the meaning? They will push him. Talk, talk, plain language. Huh? They will finance his movement. They will bear the cost. Did he know their financial state? No. He brought them to a particular terrain, a particular position in the mind of God that you have a responsibility of taking care of my movement. Therefore, God also has a responsibility of making what you need to do it available to you. He was releasing a spiritual and prophetic reign upon them. So when we're talking on some of these things, don't look at your strength and, and don't look at the things your eyes are seeing because you may not have it now, but you have it the next minute. The next what? Minute. That's the kind of encounters that I want us to be having. Now it may not be there now, but it is there because my heart says it is. It may not be there now physically, but it is there because my heart says it is there. He didn't tell them that because I'll be going to Islam, wherever I go. So unlimited dimension of responsibility. Go ahead. For I do not wish to see you now on my way, but I hope to stay a while with you, if the Lord permits. All right? But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. Um, what I'm going to be doing may not sit well with theologians, but I will do it. Now go to the next one. For a great door, look at that word for. It links you up to the previous verse. For a great door and effective. One translation says effectual. Effectual has opened to me and there are many adversaries. I'm going to tarry here until Pentecost. For a great door, an effective door, has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So I'm going to tarry here until Pentecost. <laughs> I'm going to tarry here until Pentecost, 
For a great door, an effectual door is open unto me, but there are many adversaries, but I'm going to tarry here until Pentecost. For when he shall come, power shall be released. And when the power is released, the doors indeed shall be opened. We are tarrying here until Pentecost. While we expect the doors to be open. Because there are several things that inhibit the flow that we are envisioning. What we are seeing, there are several things that inhibit them. But I'm tarrying here until Pentecost. I'm waiting for the move of the Spirit of God. So it is not me, it's not you. It is him. And Paul had understanding of that one. A great and effectual door is open unto me, but many are the adversaries that wouldn't want me to go through. They cannot close the door, but they would want to dissuade me from going through it. Your enemy can never close your door. He doesn't have the power, but he can confuse you. He puts fear in you so you don't enter. It's open, but you cannot enter. So I'm tarrying here. I'm spending time with the Holy Ghost. I'm not in haste. I'm standing with him. I need the release of heaven's blessing, his strength upon me. I want to dwell under the canopy of the Holy Spirit and enjoy the fullness of the glory and power. And then I will go through the gates. I will do what? I'll go through the gates. A year of triumph. The things are done already. But if we don't allow the Holy Ghost to energize us and to carry us on the journey, we may miss our testimonies. But you will not miss your testimony. Now make up your mind that the gates, doors, that will take you to great heights and great exploits are open unto you, but there are several adversaries. Uh, adversary number one is you. You, yourself. Adversaries. The things that you hear people say, your past successes and past failures are adversaries. I made it last week so I can make it. I will go forth as a four time. It's not like that. But I'm waiting on the, on the Holy Ghost to fly on the wings of glory to where I'm expected to go. Great. An effective door is open unto me, but there are several adversaries. And that is why I'm tarrying here until Pentecost. It was an accidental thing. Something would definitely fall on Pentecost. Something will fall. I'd like us to just travel into the mind of Apostle Paul and see how the Holy Ghost brought this kind of statement to him. Let's travel into his mind. For every assignment of your life, you need a Pentecostal encounter. 
for every next level that you have to get to, you need an encounter of the Holy Ghost to make you break through. You need it. So we need it this time around. Because there are dimensions that we are breaking forth into. The doors that are open to us are so strange doors. But very effective doors. But we need the Pentecost rain. The Pentecost rain. And we will get to where we are going. Your gates shall be continually open before you. But you need the Pentecost effect to run through the gates. So take this fasting time seriously. Put in all that you have to put in. Tap into dimensions that you have to tap into. Now, let, let, let me tell you something. How many of you did some lottery before? Lottery. You did? Okay. There's what they call the permutation. Uh, so if you like, just do some lottery. Close your Bible, open your Bible, and stand and look at the Bible. You will catch a word. That's where we are now. Now every statement carries to you. Every statement is like the camels bring in your virtue. Everything in the Bible brings blessing to you. Now you see, anyone that has the calling of, a, of an apostle, oh, sorry, um, 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 an evangelist, any scripture you give to him will end up on utter call. That's the conclusion of the matter. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. That's enough for him to make utter call. The light of God is here. Whosoever wills will enter that street. Run to the light. Run to, and the people will be coming. They are getting born again. You stand here and begin to wonder, what, what did he say? If you are talk, talking about prosperity, that same scripture, let there be light and there was light, means every darkness, every inhibition, every, every barrier has been rolled away. All the stones are rolled away. We are on the smooth plane to enjoy the fullness of the abundance of God. Sometimes when I don't know what to read, I just open my Bible and just be reading. I'll just go through. By the time I'm done with that double page like this, I must have gotten about six or seven of them to think on. God is one that you say, I don't know where to read. You don't have Bible. If you have, you can just do some lottery, lottery. Uh, just chance the thing like that and then something will come forth for you. Why? There's a person called Rick, Rick, Rick Braswell. I got his materials to read <clears throat> somewhere in 95. And one statement he made that got me, it, it caught my attention so much. He said, when you get to the crossroads and you don't know what to do, go to the world. 
When I saw that statement, I sat on it for a while. And then I checked his address and I wrote to him. And I said, bring me your books. And he sent his books to me. And I saw great things in those books. When you are at the crossroads, you are confused. You are pummeled from every side by the devil. And you don't know what to do. He said, don't do anything. Don't do anything. You may make mistakes. Go to the word. So where do I go to? He didn't prescribe any, any portion of the Bible for me. Just go to the word. Here's the word. I just opened. And Abraham was so and so and so number of years. He was in his old age. And God had blessed him. It's not enough for you to gather strength to go. That you are not late. Eh? There is always something to bless your heart. So all I'm saying this evening is this. A great and effectual door has been opened unto us by God himself. The devil can never close that door. He can't close it. And I'm saying to you also, that every door that God opens you cannot be closed by the devil. What he can do is to create an atmosphere that will put fear in you that you will enter the door. So many of us are standing at the threshold of our, of our, our breakthroughs by fear. Fear. So wait for a Pentecostal touch that comes by the Spirit of God. So when you are praying on your own, at home, or wherever you are, you talk to the Lord and say, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. I'm not waiting for you. But I'm waiting on you. They that wait on the Lord. Pentecostals, we just carried waiting on God to be just fasting. It is not like that. That scripture in Isaiah is, 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 is a dynamo. Can you get us that scripture in Isaiah 40? Who is behind us in there? Isaiah 40. They that wait on the Lord. What's happening to you there? Or is it not 40? Verse what? Huh? 31. Verse 31. Who or who are there now? David. Tell them that they are owing Pastor David 10 CDs. And I will collect the money myself. Glory to God. At least that would do for some, some donuts, Abby. Uh -huh. Are you there? But those who wait on the Lord, they wait on the Lord. It is not just in fasting, in his word, in meditations, expecting direction from him. As the maidens wait on their mistress, they look at the hand of their mistress to see the direction to go. So I must wait on the Lord. <coughs> 
Those who wait on the Lord. One, they shall renew their strength. By what? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They wait on God. What is God saying? What is God's word saying? Where is the direction? I was talking to a pastor in the office there and I said, when you miss revelation, what did I say? You forgot it. When you miss the realms of revelation, you struggle and operate in futility. What is God saying? Which direction is he taking us through? So those who wait on God for direction. Those who wait on God in fellowship. Those who wait on him for strength, they shall renew their strength. And they will mount up with wings. I like that one. How many of you have seen helicopter taking off before? Helicopter. You've seen one before? <laughs> now, when we were growing up, there was one boy. The boy was so skinny. Very, very skinny. And um, the helicopters used to land um, somewhere near the officer's mess where Kotoko used to hold their, have their training sessions in those days. I don't know now. And where we were, we could see the helicopter landing and then we start running towards that place. Only see helicopter. And that boy was so light. When the helicopter begins to gather momentum, everywhere begins to shake. There's dust everywhere. The wind becomes so serious that this boy will just fall like that. <laughs> so, what will be going there? We'll tell him, uh, if, if, if that tree falls, then you fall with the tree. I mean, don't stand here. One day you die. Just let's go there. Now, it mounts up with wings. And then moves, boom. Just like that. How does the eagle do it? The eagle monitors the move. Of the current, the wind monitors it. You wait on the wind, and when the current intensifies, then he enters into it, and that's all. It's not blah 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 blah. No 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 no. It's not there. It's no magazine. It's no Kumasi magazine. There's nothing like blah blah blah. No. Just wait. Room, and then he's going, gliding, gliding on the wings. To the highest, any height you wanted to get to, you will go there. Going still, looking into the sun. That's the ego. You can do the unthinkable when you wait on the Lord. The unthinkable. And this is the time for us to begin to practice some of these things. Believe God to any level you can believe. Can you imagine this uh, simple logic? That uh, is, this is logic. No, the earth is the laws and the fullness thereof. Okay, that's all right. The earth, he said, the heavens is his throne and the earth his footstool. So simple, simple illustration. 
So, as pastor is sitting there now, that is his heaven, where he's sitting, in the sense of what I see now. And then the earth, that's where he stands, he sits. So, you can measure his height from where he's sitting and what goes beyond where he's sitting. He says, the heavens is where God sits. And then his legs reach onto the earth. Can you imagine that one? Eh? How, how tall is God? From waist down. Hmm? Eh? Okay. Now, waist up. Where does he get? So, now look at his hand. I was being a baby in front of God, like my grandsons and dad will be doing. They do things, you begin to wonder what is in their minds. You can't read what they are doing, but they do something. Now, so, God said, give to me and I will give to you. <laughs> this is my hand, though. This is my hand. The Bible says, God's hand. The, the world is in his hand. And it says, you are also, you have been inscribed in the, on his palm like this. This the palm of God. So, he says, give me. And then you carry your hand like this. To carry all that your hand can carry. And you put inside his offering like this. And he said, I want to give to you with my own hand. Where will you put it? So why are you trying to hide that little infinitesimal thing from God and you are losing the magnitude of God's own blessing? They that wait upon God and come to terms with who he is and what he is able to do, they shall renew their strength. Not just strength in terms of physique, the ability to see the deep things of God. To understand the might and the awesomeness of God. They look at him and they see him just like Isaiah saw him. And he said, woe unto me. Hey, for Isaiah to say woe unto me, he saw something. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live in the midst of unclean people. As it were, have mercy on me, Lord. Don't strike. If you do, I'll be finished. When you wait on God, you renew your strength. You deal with things that fight against your growth. And you renew your growth by reason of the encounters that you have in his presence. And you mount up with wings like eagles. You just fly off like that. Is it possible? If he says so, there it is. Is it possible? Don't try to think through what God is saying. That's why your head is not required when you are walking with God. He doesn't need this your brain. This your brain is too small. We can't understand him. In fact, the more you think about him, the more headaches that you have. He said, receive it with your heart. Is it true? It is. It is even more than true. Can it happen if he said so? He said, God has said it, and I believe it, and that settles it. It doesn't call about for your, your macho. It's no muscles. 
look at this little boy. He stands before me and then he does this. He says he, he, he gets power. Josiah, Josiah gets he he this. Then the sister will come and say, he this. I say, if I carry all the three of you, I'll just bundle you like this. <laughs> but you see, they say they have power. Friends, you are not weak. You are not a weakling. You are not incapacitated. Neither are you deficient in anything. Your might is in the Lord. So Paul says, I'm waiting till Pentecost. His might will undo the might of the enemy. Your doors will not be closed. And you will enter and take what is inside. When a strong man, fully armed, stays at the doorpost of his, of his uh, what do you call it? His storehouse. It will take a stronger than he to overpower him. I can't remember the exact scriptures, but I mean, the, it's in Matthew, it's in Luke's gospel. If you get it, let me know. And the stronger than he is Jesus Christ. When he came, he put him in chains and dragged him on the streets for the whole world to know that the man who was taking captive, people captive, the captivity itself has been taken captive. Now we have the right, yes. Yeah. Matthew 12, 29, yes. Can we have it? Matthew 12, 29. I'm closing. I'm done. Have I gone beyond my time? How does this thing happen now? I just started though. I saw some people sleeping. I think the Lord God Himself will help us. And I, I don't, no, no, no. I don't hold anything against anybody because it's not easy. After going to work and you come to sit down here, it's not easy now. With a fast, no, 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 it's not easy. Yeah. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man and then he will plunder his house? Your goods are inside. The gate is open. The enemy is standing in front, but you have already conquered him. He said you are more than a conqueror. And this assembly is more than conquerors. The Lord himself is the one who has opened the gates and nobody can shut the gates. The gates of this place is open continually and the blessings of God shall keep on flowing in in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a transformation taking place in our midst as a people. That transformation will leave a mark that the world will begin to wonder about. That this boy was poor a few days ago. But what happened here? They looked at Archbishop Dahosa and they said this man is pushing He's pushing something. He said, yes, I'm pushing something. And he carried his Bible. He said, this is what I'm pushing. I'm pushing the word of God. They could not believe a man who had to borrow somebody's suit for his wedding suddenly became so rich that he was buying things here and there. He could buy a city because God so blessed him. He said, I'm pushing the word. When you keep on pushing the word and you live right before God and your heart is after God, not after the people, 
there's nothing that God cannot do for you. I see you rising to a height that the enemy will look at and begin to worry. You are becoming awesome in your dimensions in the name of Jesus Christ. Your gates are open. Walk through.